0: And roll for initiative. The roll for initiative podcast, issue number, debatedly fifty-five. No, it's I, fifty-five. <laughs> yes, we were arguing about that before the show. Anyway, I'm one of your hosts, Dean Vincent, along with Dean Nick, as usual. Hello. Hello. And joining us uh, via Scotland is uh, DM Crispy. He's great.
1: You're in Scotland, really? are. here.
0: Uh, Crispy always rolls with it. Anyway, so we're back for another... He's
1: really in Scotland right now? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's really tired. That's it's like... late in the morning.
1: Yeah, man. Wow. That's cool. You're my new best friend. <laughs>
0: So anyway, Jason had to uh, step out tonight. He actually had a lot of work to do because of the holiday. So happy Fourth of July, everybody! Late yes. now, but
1: yeah. How was your Fourth, Vince?
0: Well, I was sick most of the weekend, and then oh uh, joy, <laughs> kind of stayed home, hung out, and had my own little bar, little BBQ, and mm-hmm. played some games. And we tried to get a more of a superhero game going, but Crispy flaked out on us. So.
2: I was busy playing D&Ds.
0: So. Oh, okay. So you disappointed me and Glenn that way. Sorry.
1: Right. So trying to play over Scott, uh, Skype? Yeah. Uh, well, since he's in
0: Scotland, it's kind of hard to you know, play a game.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought you were pulling my leg all of a sudden. I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's really about it. How about you, Nick?
1: Mine was good. It was okay, you know? Um, bought a lot of stuff for, you know, the grill. Yeah. You know, got did my Did my famous ribs. So... Really enjoyed
2: I've that. Never heard of them, so they must tell them,
1: yeah. well, I have to send you the recipe hey well, I, it involves beer
0: you know last year in August, I was in your state in your town, and I didn't get any ribs.
1: I'm sorry next time we are in town, I'll make your ribs,
0: so gen con
1: <laughs> okay, deal
0: I expect a, a whole any
1: excuse to buy a, a rack of ribs and make them again, I'll do
0: it. <laughs> Good. the hotel i'm staying at i am like nick this is where i'm at bring my ribs
1: okay can <laughs> do it was so it was okay bought a whole bunch of fireworks that were not legal in this state and voila so
0: so nick and the nickettes had fun
1: yeah everybody had a really good time it was really fun and uh yeah just 235 years imagine that
0: wow nick you're that old
1: no, the country, you dang bat. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> she don't look a
0: day over 200. Yeah. And uh, you, Mr. Scotland?
2: I went up to the Highlands and did sheared you, some sheep. Did you
0: see Connor McLeod?
2: I did, of the Clan McLeod. Yes. I told him that he could not die, and he said that I smote like haggis. <laughs> <It was crazy. laughs>
1: Yo, that must have been weird being there, like... In the UK, while it's you know Independence Day here. Everyone hated them, but I, I just told did, them I, I was Canadian. Did you have Canadian. to apologize <laughs> to No, I just Canadian.
2: told them I was Canadian, so they didn't look down on
1: me. Ah, that, that's the typical. It's like, oh
2: man, what are you going on about? A that? It's a really nice house you've got Oops. here. Yeah. I'm gonna go outside. Eh? Hey, hey! <laughs> so, what'd you really do? <laughs> uh, we had the family D and D game finally. And they uh let me tell you 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 think they're all nice now, but geez, they uh they're pretty brutal, man, like they just wanted to loot everything
0: so this is this is the, what you were doing that you were so busy you couldn't play superheroes
2: yeah, i I also got free pizza, so, so that's all it takes. I mean, if you wanted to order me a pizza from Pennsylvania huh. I'm like, to Scotland yeah, to Scotland.
0: I don't know if they have pizza that delivered at all. The for. delivery
2: charge would be outrageous. I
0: think so.
1: Yeah. Not good pizza up there in Scotland, huh?
2: It's all barley and sheep's stomach.
1: Ugh. Mmm, yum. Topped with mozzarella. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So, Nick, do we have any uh, reviews this week?
1: Oh, huh, Funny you mentioned that. Yes, we do. We have one review. Yay. Yay. And it's from... DM Kojo. Oh, he just signed up at the forums
0: recently. Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, cool. The ones I don't frequent often enough? Yeah, the
0: ones you only have less than 10 posts.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And
0: Crispy never shows up either, too.
2: I was just on there yesterday. I've got... We We lurk. (laughs) Go ahead, Nick. I'm I'm on there right
0: now.
1: (laughs) DM Kojo says, great job. He gives us five stars. Says, this is a fantastic podcast. I haven't played... AD&D in 20 years, but when I came across some of my old game books a few months back, I got excited to play again. Listening to the podcast gets me even more excited and gets me thinking about the game like a DM again. Hopefully I can play again soon. Thanks, guys, for all the hard work and dedication you put into this. The hard work really shows. Well, thank you, DM Kojo. And I think maybe a, there might be kind of a question in there. It's like, where can I find players? <laughs> You didn't huh. say that but you know there are some spots I think we even have one on the 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 uh, uh, the website for um, osrgaming.org isn't there like seeking players area
0: yeah we have a section that says looking for players but
1: yeah so you know that's a good place to look and you know, scout around see what you could find and uh, I know there's I they escape me, but I know there's some websites they are specifically geared to, like, gamers, seeking gamers for software.
0: And dot com.
1: Ah, there you go. Ah, uh, yes. So hopefully that'll help you out a little bit. But thank you for the review, and keep them coming, everybody. All reviews, no matter what, uh, out there on iTunes. Uh, mm. We read them all, and uh, we, we appreciate everything. We take everything uh, for, you know... What you say, we we uh we mull it about our heads, and you know we'll see what we can do for you,
0: Nick cuddles it extra time and strokes his hair, and yes, calls it George I stroke it and call it George <laughs> uh yeah, and as far as finding people to play, the best bet is to find people online, Skype, yeah. and your second best bet is to say, listen, I'm running this game." And then you'll get people, and then once you get into a group with the people, you can run a few sessions and be like, listen, does someone else want to take over for a while?
1: Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Uh, If you're lucky enough to live in an area where there's gaming stores still, I mean, you can always check it out down there, but they seem to be few and far between.
0: I got one gaming store near me, and it's like 40 miles away, and all they do is play Magic the Gathering, and... (laughs) And if you're lucky, they play uh, Pathfinder. They're mostly D&D 4.0. Uh, yep.
1: Uh,
0: I can't wait for 5.0. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you saw the rumors about that, too. There's no rumors. There's truth behind it.
1: Oh, my goodness. So, they're... Wait a minute. 4.0 has been only, well, what, Four three years? years? Well, 2008. Three. So, yeah, a little over three years now.
0: Well, according to way, the way Wizards of the Coast has been working it, the longevity of the, the system is four, every four years, except for uh, 3 to 3.5. That was only, what, two years? Um, yeah, yeah,
2: but it was still basically the same But system. 3.5, yeah, like... Initially, it was only supposed to be a little bit of a jump, but they ended up the way the design went. But, like, do you have sources for... Like where you've been reading that it's happening? Or? It's
0: from the OSR gaming forums. Uh, actually, uh, was it FJW posted up something to do with one of the blogs of one of the uh, developers talking about the next edition of D and D already? So hmm. it looks like they're going to uh, do a lot of. I can, I, I know what it's going to turn out to be. They're going to do a base system with with no options. There's going to be a core book. And they're gonna like make optional rule books. I it's like I could just see Wizard of the Coast's mouth drooling over how much money they're gonna make on this.
1: Oh God. we're trying to reinvent the wheel here again. Yep. Or in this case re- reinventing the fork. Ooh. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, so I like just to take the time to say, uh, we hear what you've been saying about a second edition Thago podcast, crispy. What? Yeah. I haven't said anything. Calling us the neckbeard show? Oh,
2: I never said that. I
0: don't uh, even have a beard. <laughs>
2: that's right. Take that, Crispy. You just want to try and start your own catchphrase.
0: Yeah, well, that catchphrase will not get caught on. I'm
2: deleting it. Uh-huh. You're right, that catchphrase. Take that, Crispy, will not catch on. <laughs> Take that, Crispy. Because <laughs> it's a derivative of a much better catchphrase. <laughs> So take that, Vince. <laughs> anyway. Ladies, ladies, please.
0: Let's uh, head over into a uh, quick sage advice for a letter or two.
2: Sage advice.
0: We could sing this week. Sage advice. Hey. Oh. Sage advice. <laughs> I got one email here from James Boney a couple days ago he says this is a real brief thank you for putting so much time and effort into promoting our hobby I enjoy each and every podcast and I hope you keep your standards high James we
1: have high standards I guess so oh yeah yeah we do we do sure
0: (laughs) hi guys this one comes from Corey Gashman Okay. He says, Hi, guys. I love the show and like to, would like to download issues six to nine from iTunes or somewhere else, but they are missing from iTunes. When I find them on your website at com, there is no file to download for those four issues. If you could point me in the right direction, that would be great. Hmm. Corey.
1: I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I, don't, I can't. Anyway, I don't, I'm not in those shows, so why even download them?
0: You're in six okay. to nine. I am? Yeah, aren't you?
1: No, not that far back, I don't think, am I?
2: I don't know. Let's see. I That's you, my iTunes
0: <laughs> up right now. I thought you were in there, Nick. Uh,
1: maybe. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we'll have uh, Mr. Jason check up on those files.
1: Yeah. Sometimes in, you know, in the interwebs, things get a little botched up, so... We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by.
2: Now, Corey, yeah, that's the first segment with Blackstone's vote.
0: Uh, ah, so Nick was on uh, the show. Uh-huh. Ah-ha. Cool.
1: That's
0: Blackstone. when Nick was just a fan.
1: Yeah, it was just some guy.
0: <laughs> just some guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
0: know. <laughs> and someone asked if Jason still had his rooms available uh for, uh, Gen Con that he was holding on to that he want to get rid of from the Omni, but I think Jason said he got rid of them already.
1: yeah, I think he did. well, we mm-hmm. can check back on that, but i th- I think you're right. I think he already got, got rid of them
0: cool so that think that's gonna wrap up the sage advice just sucks some quick emails, but if you want to email us our staff at gmail.com or you could uh, go to osrgaming.org and leave us a note there. Or you can call 570-865-4210, the RFI hotline, oh, <laughs> And that'll bring us into Table Manners.
1: Typical. Of all the
2: evil creatures in the world, I
1: like to find one with table manners. And what are you kidding me? I spent years cultivating the worst table manners on the planet. Table
0: Manners So for Table Manners Oh, sorry, Nick, I didn't know you were doing that
1: No, I was like, so <laughs> Table Manners this week, huh?
0: Yeah, well, I guess I didn't have Table Manners because I jumped into your spot
1: <laughs> I don't know We were, we pulled up uh, We're going to do something kind of interesting uh, Lethal damage versus some dual damage Like, okay So how how do you guys play it? Do you use it at
0: all? Um, yes, I do. You do really? I do use lethal damage versus subdue damage or subdue damage.
1: And how do you, how do you uh, how do you play it out?
0: I ask uh, a player if they're involved with say a non-threatening situation, such as if they're in a bar fight. Uh huh. I will ask the player if they want to do damage that they are actually hurting right or killing the opponent or they're just doing subdual damage enough to knock them out right and now usually
1: what, yeah. what is subdual damage calculated from like regular hit points
0: i use basically i just keep it really simple i just use regular hit points for it oh really yep okay. hmm. i use and, and when they get to a quarter of what their hit points are i usually say that they're knocked out
1: Okay.
0: What about you, Nicholas? Oh, well... See, um, Nick?
1: Well, you know, I haven't really run into that many times where I had to use subdual dual damage. <laughs> Most of the players I have just like to go out and kill things. So, <laughs> <laughs> But sometimes if somebody wants to just knock somebody out or basically using the flat of the blade approach... Right I guess, you know especially when you're t- talking subdual damage, most people think oh yes, subduing a dragon. That's that's an obvious thing. But um, I usually I usually play like maybe if they're doing the flat out of the blade or of a of a bladed weapon, then maybe half the damage is actually real. So when they get down to Yeah, like, maybe about a quarter of their hit points, then they're knocked out.
0: Huh. What about you, Crisp?
2: I pretty much handle it somewhat similar to how Vince does it. Um, I just use, like, non-lethal damage the way you would in 3rd edition. (gasps) Or if you do it, like, it's a separate hit point total, but if it reaches the same amount of hit points as they actually have, they're knocked out. It's easy. You don't have to worry about, like, 50% of the hit points is this. And then, like, because by the book, it's really complicated, isn't it? I don't even uh, know. It's a little more bookkeeping, I should say. I don't use the book. Yeah.
1: Because when you're talking about the Sadul stuff uh, in the uh, DMG, it's uh, well, here's, it's on page 67, Striking this subdue. This is effective against some monsters, as indicated in Monster Manual, or in such attacks use the flat butt, half pommel, or otherwise non-lethal parts of the weapon's concerned, but are otherwise the same as other attacks. Note that unless expressly stated, otherwise all subduing damage is 75% temporary, but 25% of such damage actually damaging to the creature being subdued. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, this means that 40 hit points of subdued damage has been inflicted upon an opponent. The creature has actually suffered 10 hit points of real damage. The above, of course, does not apply to player characters. Hmm.
2: Yeah, that's a little too complicated for me. So. Yeah,
1: so actually, going by the book, only 25% of the damage is real. Mm-hmm. I would say like half the damage was real. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's if you do it by the book. I mean, if you want to really just keep it simple, just do three fourths of the hit points, and then yeah. if, once they get to that, but I think the important out. thing
1: is they they have to announce that they're doing some dual damage with their weapon.
0: Yeah. Or, oh, that's the important part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also <laughs> like not if, like with some dual and, damage. I like to also if if the player scores like say a natural twenty, yeah. I like to do the knockout blow like roll. A percentile to see if they knocked the uh, character out.
1: Mm-hmm. That's cool. It's a good way. It's kind of it. like a
0: you know they give like a system shock roll pretty much.
1: That would make sense. I could see you doing that. Like for yeah, if they get that. Um, yeah, because they get that sort of hit.
0: Because yeah, you've seen it many times in history, like movies and stuff like that. Not history because we weren't alive, but. Fights and things like that, the guy gets one punch, the guy goes, whoa, spins around and is on the ground. Yeah. You know, the uh, the good old uh, lucky
2: uh, punch there, you know?
0: Why not? That'd be like a, a punch, a deep natural 20, and a system shock roll, because, you know, it's a shock to the body.
2: Mm-hmm. Sure. That's actually, in fact, what is happening. Your brain it gets jolted.
1: Hell yeah. Absolutely. But there really isn't much to the rule in the book. It's only that one brief paragraph. I'm just kind of curious why it doesn't apply to player characters.
2: Because you're the hero.
1: Okay, enough said. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's good for the goose is good for the gander.
1: Well, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I would actually kind of play it that, you know what, player characters, why couldn't they uh, have subdual damage against
0: them, you know? Oh, players, yes. yeah, they get it. Yeah, yeah. you know. That, say, uh, I've had many I adventures, know. many adventures when we were doing, like, uh, training in the adventures, and we would say that you were fighting this guy, but it's all damages, some dual damage, and just... When you got to a certain point, you would, you know, bow gracefully out or get knocked
2: out.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Or maybe... Uh, there's a particular combat going on, maybe like, I don't know. Maybe a troop of hobgoblins were sent by the big bad guy, but they were instructed to only capture the player characters. So maybe they were only doing some dual damage. That would be an instance that you would use that maybe against the player characters. How would you describe it to
2: them then? Um Blackjack to the, to the back characters? of the head. Or uh I can't you know you're uh you're a worthy opponent, but I can't very well have you following me. Punch. I like the Princess Bride.
1: <laughs> maybe something like that. I don't know. Huh. I would just maybe say, um, the hobgoblins are hitting you, but it seems like uh they're they're kinda of pulling their punches a bit. <laughs> they're not hitting as hard as you would expect them to be. <laughs>
0: How about just like, like not telling be. the player at all and just making him think it's real damage.:
2: And then hit, having him telling me falls unconscious.: Yeah. That could work. Um,
1: yeah, I guess you could do it that way too. I suppose so.
0: Cool. Tell us how you use your uh, damage. RFIstaff staff at gmail.com, and we'll head into uh, game mechanics.: Do
2: you think I'm mad?
0: Perhaps I am. What are
1: you, a wizard or genius? Darn. A perfectly good brain wasted. Game, Game
2: mechanics. Game mechanics this week is going to be introvision and UltraVision and how you run it. Vince, how do you play UltraVision and Introvision? Do you use them?
0: Yes. Every character class has their whatever ability and I would use it and allow them to use it, but there's always restrictions on it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, if there is light in the room, you would not obviously not be using the infravision or the ultravision, depending on what sort of light source it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I know for factory vision, you can't be using it in a dungeon when there's a torch lit. You can't, in that circle, you just can't use it. Some people argue that, well, beyond the torchlight, you can see. I won't let them do that because they're standing in the torchlight.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm exactly the same way.
0: If they go to the edge of the torchlight and look, I will say yes, because the torchlight's behind them. So their eyes are not being distracted by the light. So they could focus. I will go with that. Nick?
1: Um, I agree. I would do it the same way when you're talking about InfraVision or UltraVision. And you got to keep in mind, they are like two opposite types of vision. InfraVision obviously on the infrared right. part of the spectrum, below red, and UltraVision is uh, ultraviolet, the ultraviolet part of the uh, spectrum. So, um, And I also play InfraVision that it does not work in seeing undead. <laughs> True. <laughs> because they don't give off heat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And InfraVision is a heat source type thing. Also, it wouldn't it? Um, unless specified about a particular construct I wouldn't have it like you could detect like a flesh golem or a stone golem or some other type of artificial construct unless in one way or another it does project some sort of heat so those are some things you gotta keep in mind at least I keep in mind when uh, player characters use it um, but ultravision. I think that's the one when I when I think of that type, it's the one that like demons and devils have. Yeah. And in fact, what is it? The one um uh, the it's one demon. In fact, it's out of the Fiend Folio. I'm trying to remember it's the Nyaka demon or something like that. Mm hmm. And it has I think it has it could it could see the entire spectrum of radiation. Infrared, ultraviolet, X rays, and gamma rays, so I could see everything, which is kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> if you kind of think about it. <laughs> but um, as far as like the the infravision thing, I would play it the same way you guys you guys do. You know, if you're on the edge of the torchlight, whatever light source it is, and you're looking out away, yes, you can use your infravision, but not while you're standing in. Near the the light source, whatever
2: it may be. Now, do you guys play it like it's just black and white, but you can see everything, or do you play it as actual heat sources?
0: I do as heat sources. I
1: do too. I do it as heat sources, like a conglomerate of different colors. I guess.
2: That's like how predator I do. Vision.
0: Yeah, Predator vision. Yeah,
2: predator. Yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> what about you, Crispy?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm same way. Like uh, I. In the game yesterday, I actually had uh, them ask about InfraVision if they could see. I'm like, oh, no, it's it's like heat signatures. It's not, you can see in the dark. I know there are a lot of people who do do it as black and white as well, but like, I, I do it pretty much by the book, so it's heat signatures. And yeah. I've never actually had anyone use UltraVision, so.
1: Yeah, that's not a. Yeah, like I said, that's not one available today. It's- yeah character races it's usually to like demons and devils and stuff like
0: that well I'm if I'm, yeah go ahead
2: oh i was gonna say if i'm not mistaken though it's it's like it detects magical like and if uh if there's like a magic sword around while someone's using ultravision, it gets spoiled pretty really? sure I i believe so
0: i don't think that's true
1: I never heard of. I've never heard of that
0: myself. Okay. Have to call you out on that one, Crispy.
2: I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up.
0: Well, I, you're saying black and white and all that. I consider that low light.
2: Well, for yeah. ultra vision is what I was saying.
0: Well, black and white, low light vision. Mm. I don't think many people use the low light vision optional rule, but I do kind of use it with certain characters. Uh, for instance, uh, say you're a halfling. And you were raised in the caves. I would think you would have a low light vision then going for you. Well,
1: don't they have infravision anyway?
2: Halflings? Mm, I, I, I thought so. they did.
1: Hmm. I thought they did.
0: All right, fine. You're, you're a human then. <laughs> okay. Change it to that. You're a human and you would have low light vision. So you would see things in black and white if there's just a slight light in the uh, cave area. Okay, that's what I use. I can a see
1: that maybe. Yeah.
0: You guys, would you guys be consider using low light or no?
2: Um, no, not really. I don't use it. Um, at least not in like my older D and D stuff. Like it's part of the game now. And um. In like three point five, and and the edition that shall not be named.
1: <laughs> ah, here it is in the in the player's handbook about halflings uh, with their infravision. Certain halfling characters have infravision. Those with mixed blood are assumed to have infravision, which function up to thirty feet distance. While <laughs> those of pure stoutish blood are able to see heat radiation variation up to sixty feet. So, there you had
0: Yeah. So then, yeah. yeah, okay, so we were wrong.
1: <laughs> so what? We were wrong. Okay. Sorry, I had to look it up in the book.
0: <laughs> this is not the Save or Die podcast when we make up our own rules, so.
1: Yep, there's right there in the book.
0: <laughs> if you want to make up your own rules, listen to Save or Die podcast. At, uh,
1: <laughs> the other one that you host.
0: <laughs> yes, that's correct. And Crispy's on there, too. That's right.
2: I am still. I'm looking for ultravision. Here we go. Military radiation above violet minimum visible spectrum is noted. You want to read that so we can understand it? I'm just skimming. Magic weapons which shed illumination spoil ultravision capability. Booyah, oh yeah! Right. Oh, spoil ultra. I thought you said it spoils the sword. No, spoils ultravision.
0: Oh, okay, then yes, I agree with you there.
2: Your vision spoils the
1: sword. <laughs> I thought they
0: like took the magical properties away from the sword.
1: That would be cool. <laughs> Look at the magical sword drain it's the energy the away power. from it. Hey, that'd be hell of a power. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, how would you guys handle say uh, like uh, you were in the cave? The dwarf character runs up ahead, and he's using his infravision, running around, checking things out. And wham, one of the bad guys comes around the corner and shoves a torch right in his face. Ooh. Now, would there like be the- any... Not burning him, just shoves it in his face because they know. They're smart enough to know that a dwarf can see in the dark somewhat.
1: Hmm.
2: Did you well, guys- like, any like... I don't know, it's kind of metagaming on the DM's part because it's like, how does this bad guy know that, this- that there's a dwarf there in the first place and that he's using the... Infra- like... If the dwarf doesn't have any light, and the bad guy has light, the, the advantage would be for the dwarf to see the bad guy first, because he's got something that sheds light. It's the same thing with monsters. Monsters, that they're assumed to always, like, even if it's a human, if they're in a dungeon, they're assumed to have information.
0: Okay, fine, we'll change it up then, since you want to be Mr. Technical now. <laughs> the dwarf Yo. is scouting up ahead, and he trips over a trap that springs a light. A big, big, large light source right in his face. Because it was a trap.
1: Oh, maybe like sets off a fireball.
0: Not really a fireball, just a light, kind of like a light, a flash of light to blind everybody so they can be ambushed. Ah. So, say you're you're going, he's walking, he trips over a wire, boom, a light. And then, say, the goblins come out and they attack because they take the advantage of you being blind for that one second.
2: If I was the player, I would be, oh, what an oddly convenient trap. But no, I get what you're saying. Um, (laughs) Jeez. It's like an automatic... I would think that the the shift from InfraVision would be... It would be something that your body would automatically do. Like, it might take a second or two, but, like... I don't think it would be a whole surprise segment. But a bright flash of light will blind anyone, so...
0: Yeah, but especially... The, I'm trying to get across the vision part. When when people wear night vision goggles and they see a big thing of light, they get blinded from it. I know it's an, an external source looking through, but it's kind of the same thing. It's true. Or the Predator, when he saw the heat signatures and he got that really big heat signature blown up in his face, he kind of, like, flinched away.
2: Yeah. Well, that, like I was saying, that that happens to anyone. Like... If you have in the arc vision or not, if you have a bright flash of light in your face, it's going to blind you.
0: So the point is, I'm trying to say, is you do damage or just, are you just going to stun damage the character? People.
1: I wouldn't give damage either. I would say they might be blinded for maybe a round or two before they could adjust themselves again to, because of the surprise. They weren't expecting it. What
0: would Trask do?
2: Like, uh, you seem to be kind of vehement about this, but, like, what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter if they have InfraVision or not. A trap of that type would blind them no matter what. The InfraVision thing, I guess, might cause a little bit of, uh... a little more, um... startling, but... You have to go is this like is this a magical light source? Does it shed heat if it doesn't shed heat, then it's not going to affect the infravision because it doesn't have a heat signature,
0: okay, I, but you mean to tell me that damaging your eyes is not damaging your your hip points
2: well, it's like spraining your ankle that damages, spraining your that.
0: that damages your hip points
2: sure mm, i I have to disagree. Like, sure, it's fatigue. It, like, hit points isn't necessarily bodily... Strictly bodily damage. But, I mean, something as minor as... As, you know, twisting your ankle. Like, if I twist my ankle in her life, it hurts for, like, a couple of minutes. It's not something that is going to affect me adversely throughout the entirety of my adventuring day until actually, a cleric heals me.
0: Actually, how do you know that? What if you... What if you twist it enough that you hurt some of the muscles in you that would hamper your ability to move around and hamper your ability to be healthy.
2: Well, see, you're you're taking hit points things too, literally. It's abstracted for a reason. It's like...
0: There's no Jason here. Someone has to be him.
2: (laughs) You have, like, even in real life, you have things like adrenaline and endorphins that will help you to shrug off pain.
0: Only for a short time.
2: That's true. But, I mean, like, if if you're... scared throughout, like, running through this dungeon. It's like, if I jump off a 20-foot building, that is going to hurt. If (laughs) I I fall in a pit trap onto some spikes, yeah, that's gonna hurt. Uh Uh-huh. If I...
0: So if you fall in a pit with a bunch of rocks and twist your ankle, that's not gonna hurt?
2: That is gonna hurt. (laughs) But if I trip over a loose flagstone and twist my ankle, that's not gonna hurt. If I'm flashed in the face with a bright light, it's not gonna hurt as much as if I fell into a 10-foot-deep a pit trap of, of uh, like, just jagged rocks.
0: Yeah, but it's still going to affect you in a way that, you know, you don't know. It's still going to
2: hurt you. That's true. But I don't think it's going to be enough to where it's going to be a super serious detriment for your, your you know, your, your fighter or your cleric whose well, job I... is to go into these places.
1: And that's and why I said it would do, like physical you know you wouldn't lose hit points but i think yeah. it would it would stun the person enough maybe you know you're delayed for i don't know for a few segments
2: yeah i would but i would, would go yeah. with that
1: you know like you know maybe you're okay the 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 light trap goes off and you're stunned for i don't know 1d4 segments something like that hmm. you know just kind of Throwing some arbitrary numbers out there.
0: Yeah. so I,
2: well, That's how I
0: would treat it. I why can't the would... light burn your eyes?
2: Yeah, but my, my point initially was that <laughs> this type of trap, it, like the InfraVision is not going to play a factor into it. It's going to happen no matter what type of vision you have.
0: So you play it so that the InfraVision you can just automatically turns on and off as needed.
2: It's like if you have a torch, if there's a torch lit while you have InfraVision vision around, you're not just like, "Oh God, I can't see!" uh oh. your eyes would adjust. It's it's a natural function of your body.
0: I've always played it that you have to like, like turn it on. Hmm. Hmm. That's how I've always played it. Turn it on, turn it off. I know it's not like that, but that's I've always used it like that.
2: That's fine. Like,
1: yeah, that's fine.
0: There's no different right strokes for way. different folks. That's why I'm arguing the fact of how it can affect someone like a light right. spell can affect somebody. Hmm. Even if it's well, automatic, it like Crispy's doing, it's still going to affect you. Because mm-hmm. of that one second, that bright light, and you're going to see that big heat vision, you know, that could damage your eyes.
2: To yeah. an extent, yeah. Maybe. Would you Would you let players do that to your your NDCs? Of course. All right. That's all that matters, really, is that it is fair to a next.
0: Oh, it goes it goes both ways in that situation. Yeah. If I right. could do something to the players, they can obviously do it back to the NPCs mm-hmm. or the monsters. That
2: yeah, would, and wouldn't. that's the best way to. to that
0: play wouldn't it. be fair if I did it one way not the other. Mm-hmm. That's not balanced. <laughs> Wait, this is not a balancing game. Never mind. Yeah. So then we argue that, and I won. um... <laughs> <laughs> Vince Moore Take that,
2: Crispy! I think Vince was in a, another podcast entirely during that segment. What podcast, oh,
0: what podcast was I on?
2: The Vince Show. Oh, okay. Certainly not on RFI, where Crispy schools Vince in arguing. Hey!
0: <laughs> Vince also I meant
2: game mechanics.
0: Yeah. So one nothing, uh crispy loses, and we'll head <laughs> into let <laughs> we'll into the creature feature theater tonight. Creature, creature, feature,
2: feature theater, theater, theater.
0: Creature feature this week. What do we have, Nick?
1: Uh. Creature feature this week out of the fiend folio is dun, da, 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 the shocker.
0: This is kind. Of, I consider the shocker like the mystery man type creature.
1: This is a weird monster. Well, obviously out of the fiend folio, it's going to be weird anyway. But I just like how the just the first paragraph in the description of the thing is speculation of like. Where did this thing come from? (laughs) Is it from another prime material plane? Is it from the speculative electromagnetic plane? They just don't know. Um, But it's a nasty little monster because it obviously does electrical damage. Um, They could do 10 points of electrical damage on a successful hit. If you save versus death magic, it's half. Sure. And if you're wearing metal armor, good luck, because it, armor, metal armor is treated as AC-10 against the attack.
0: What, what I really like about it is they say it's possibly a projection from another plane. It's yeah. not actually there on the plane.
1: And they're projecting their bodies. Yeah. Or their spirit or something like that. And I guess if you're wearing plate mail, shockers get a plus two to hit you. Yeah. Hmm only magical weapons affect the shocker and if struck by a he- he- held metal weapon the effect is as though the shocker has attacked <laughs> so even if you hit the thing with like your with a sword or a mace they'll conduct through the weapon you're going to get hit with 10 points anyway
2: <laughs> this is a weird like this monster is it is way too strong to be a one plus monster Oh, well. Number of attacks, 11. <laughs> have fun getting slaughtered. Yeah.
0: I'm telling number you, this 11. this creature changes... To, it's just this blue electric. Change it to black electric. Dress it in black and have it as the angel of death. Yeah, it's like...
1: Well, number appearing is 6 God. to 24.
2: Yeah, and they, they do 11 hits, and it's 10 points of damage each. It's the Angel of Death, the Reaper. I just wonder if that number of attacks is, might
1: be a typo. <laughs> yeah, why does he get
2: eleven attacks?
1: Yeah, I think that might be a typo. So what know. else gets
2: eleven attacks? Like, growlings? Yeah.
0: yeah. That's because they have tentacles. This is a thing that you see out of the corner of your eye following
2: you around. Ugh. This is a thing you use when you're really mad at your group and you don't want to play anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's a get, it has a 50% magic resistance, too.
2: There's no way this is a 1 plus 2 die. Like, you can't, you can't throw this at a first-level party and expect them to live. Like, not even, like, get away or defeat it. It's just, they will die.
0: You're just screwed when you see them.
2: Pretty this much. is where the yeah. DM is just like, I'm fed up with you people. Exactly, you're be attacked is, by ten shockers. This Half is time. the the monster you use when you don't want to play anymore.
0: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you do like it that? Or are you do <laughs> like that? That idiot in that Dungeon Masters movie, have them all get sucked up into that one thing.
2: Yeah, it's it's six four sided dice. That's more than like all the magic missiles.
1: Yeah, I mean, but it's ten points a pop per hit. I'm like, no, and right. it has
2: eleven. That's a hundred.
1: <laughs> That's 110 points of damage. Yeah. Per shocker, (laughs) I just I have to believe that number of attacks is a typo. I think the
2: hit dice is a typo. I think it's like more like 12. I think it's supposed to be a 12 hit die creature.
1: Hmm. I wonder if there is an errata on
0: this. I have to look
2: it up. Maybe.
0: Well, you would probably. There was many printings of the Fiend Folio. I would think that they would probably get it right in one of them.
1: I don't think there was... There was only a couple of printings, but I don't know if there was a rotter or not for it at all. I have to check. But it just seems like 11 attacks.
2: That just doesn't seem right. (laughs) Yeah, like... I I mean, like, one attack for, uh, for 10 damage? Sure, that's cool. Like... Yeah, for the Uh, number period, it makes sense. Yeah. Even then, like, that's still a pretty, you know, bad A monster.
1: Yeah. (laughs) that's a bad mama-jama. Yeah. So, besides the obviously, like we were saying, this is where you use a monster to where you're just tired of playing, (laughs) how else (laughs) would you use this monster, Vince?
0: Uh, Like I said, I would definitely... Turn the creature into a black everything, black lightning, black whatever and have them follow a party around is that mysterious figure that every time we turn around he's there but then when they really look he's not, stalking the party members to shock and, and kill them
1: I would like play it to where like, they were different colors
0: like a pink one would follow them around?
1: Like oh you like have a whole bunch of them one's like blue the other one's green the other one's yellow These <laughs> zap you with different colors types of electrical shock yeah just kind of mix it up a little bit and mean like they're they're neutral I guess with chaotic tendencies yeah I'd, I'd play them as kind of completely unpredictable mischievous downright just mean.
0: <laughs> hmm. I'm looking... There is no errata for the Fiend Folio except for the uh, 3.5 edition.
2: Hmm. This thing isn't 3.5? Yeah. yeah. I've never seen it. Apparently it is. Huh.
1: So I guess 11 number of attacks 11 is correct.
2: Jeez. That just
1: seems insane.
2: Yeah. I would not use this monster.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I would either. This would be like... I would use it if it was the end-all be-all of things. <laughs> I'm bringing the campaign to a grinding halt. Here's 44 yeah. Shockers. Have fun.
2: <laughs> it's, uh, the Shockers would win.
1: Yeah. The only way you can really defeat this creature by reading it is um, you got to defeat this thing with ranged weapons. It's the only way you can actually nail yeah. this thing. And I guess ranged weapons, uh, their AC is 10. I think,
2: yeah. No, it's uh, oh, against, AC zero against is missile fire, fire, and non-metal. This thing is not, dang <laughs> you, Britain. Don't Britain. That's where this
1: came from. Oh, wait a minute. Here's the thing, though. If you read in the description, when a Shocker discharges, it collapses the fine inert dust. So a Shocker only has one successful attack. Oh. Once it uses an attack, it's gone. Okay.
2: <laughs> it turns the dust.
0: So there's no 11 attacks.
2: I think it. maybe it can hit 11 people. I don't know.
1: I think the number of attacks is still a typo. I think it's supposed to be one.
2: Yeah, which then makes this actually not, not super bad. bad. Yeah, I think I would errata this for my own house and one attack kind of play it as it is in the description.
1: Yeah, and apparently but it's still
2: a nasty monster because it yeah does once it zaps itself, it's, it's, it zaps itself out of existence. Poof mm-hmm. gone. So now here's the question: Do you award experience once for that? Once it zaps you? Yeah. Because it kills itself. It's like a bee. But ah. you did fight it and survive. Well, presumably. I think I'd only count the ones
1: that they actually attacked. That hmm. the party actually attacked. I wouldn't count the shockers that went in there, they hit, and they went poof.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with Nick. I'm thinking that's a typo.
1: Yeah, it has to be. It just doesn't seem right for a one-hit dice creature, you know? (laughs) Uh...
2: You're like,
1: really?
0: (laughs) Anyway, okay, fine. Uh, Let's leave it up to people out there, because I'm sure somebody has some type of errata or some type of suggestions about this creature.
1: We'd like to hear it. find something about it, yeah.
0: And uh, let's head into the 10-foot pole.
2: The Dragon's Horde.
0: We're in the Dragon's Horde. I made a mistake. I thought we were doing the show, so uh, there'll be no 10-foot pole just yet. But the uh, Gauntlets of Ogre Power this week... Right, Nick? Did I say that right? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Have you used these magical items at all? Oh, yeah.
1: Pretty common in
0: my game world. Pretty common? And I you go- would,
1: I, it's like one of the, the obligatory items that you find in a in any given horde almost i mean you know the plus one sword and the gauntlets of ogre power but <laughs> it's just like it's almost synonymous with d this this type of magical item at least in my opinion
0: hmm. and you go straight by the book or do you modify it at all
1: i i go straight by the book uh 18 double odd strength you know the plus six three to hit Plus six damage, can fit everybody from, like, halfling size up to a human. So, no half orc? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. And maybe half ogre if he use those, too.
0: So you could be a real ogre. Yeah. He'd
2: be, be ogre. He'd be one and a half ogre.
1: He'd be one and a half ogre. He'd be
2: half ogre. Be half ogre.
0: Uh, Crispy, what about you with this magical item?
2: I have never actually got to use them, but, you know, they're kind of... They're iconic. Yeah. And uh I would... I, I mean, I don't really see the need to change them. Um, I think, you know, 18 double zero strength and plus three to hit plus six damages is great.
1: The and nasty then, thing about this thing is using in conjunction with the girdle a giant strength.
2: And the... uh <laughs> Um, the Hell... uh, not the Hell... the, uh... Hammer
1: Hammer Thunderbolts? Thunderbolts? Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
2: And then you're just, hey guys, I'm Thor.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much.
0: You go, yeah. So, what about a player that picks them up and let's just say, for instance, they put them on 18 to watch strength, but their strength is 19. Would they have any effect on his strength pushing it down one? Can you have 19 by the book? Well, if you go to, uh... Uh, what's that book?
2: Unearthed Arcana you can. Yeah, we don't we don't want to talk about Unearthed Arcana.
1: <laughs> why all the Unearthed
2: Arcana hate? Why?
0: Because it's why? a bad book. It is well, not it's a bad book.
2: It's just the stupidest thing. It's like why can't you just my guy is handsome?
1: Well just don't use common lists. Yeah, just don't use them That's it. true. And I then, like the ex- I like the expanded magic item listed there.
0: The book That's was a whole written. other debate. <laughs> so, yeah, the book was written because Gary Gygax was, like, harped on by many people to write optional rules for the game.
1: Also,
2: TSR needed money. Yes. Yeah. So sure. he said... It's like, fine. Here, take your stupid rules. I don't care anymore.
0: Yeah, so he just said, here, fine. Here you go, people. I may not really like this book, and probably people going to say this is the worst book in the world in about 20 years from now, but I need money. i got to feed my family.
2: It's like he's some kind of oracle. Yeah, weird
0: it's funny that book well, did sell quite well and I think the, the most popular selling book that they've ever sold all than the core books is the Oriental Adventures book I was looking at it the other day online uh, yeah. sold the most units was the Oriental Adventures
2: I know I, I, I've yet to find a copy of, uh, of Unearthed Arcana that is not falling apart
0: that's because so many people have used it no,
1: it was something to do with the print run. Yeah, it yeah bad the binding glue.
2: is just bad. Yeah,
1: mine's gone the heck, and, which is weir- weird because it was printed by Random House like every other AD and D first edition book. And my I mean, my a DMG is in
0: awesome shape. Well, I it, I guess the rumor is with the orange spines is they use cheaper product material to put it together uh, so they could save money on the books uh, and make uh, more of a profit. They really weren't thinking long-term use of the books. They were just like, hey, we're going to put this book out, and we know it's going to fall apart in five to ten years. What do we care? We'll have other books out by then and not be out of business.
1: We successfully yeah. derailed our uh, discussion.
0: Yeah, we did. Yeah.
1: Anyways. crispy. <laughs> uh, uh Take that. Just, You know, I was just thinking, is there, like, maybe other variations of these gauntlets that you could do?
2: You could do Gauntlets of, like, uh, Halfling Power. I was just thinking that, just to be a jerk. It's the curse, the of curse for a <laughs> We have three strength. Or actually, let's not, you know, not to be... It gives you bare eight, minimum strength of, like, halfling. nine. I was going to say uh, Gauntlets of uh, Toggle of Power. Strength. Cobalt, cobalt Strength. Or Cobalt Strength, yeah.
0: How about, really a rare item, Gauntlets of Titan Power? Ooh.
2: Like, what would you even get for that?
0: Your strength your strength would just be an infinity symbol. Well, beyond a storm giant. Well, what would the tightest strength be, what, 25?
2: I think so, I think so, that's yeah. actually what it is, yeah.
1: I think it would be if you go by the... I think the Deities and Demigods book, does it go
2: beyond 24 as far as ability scores? I think it goes up to 25. I think that's the maximum. Yeah. And it's, like, well, plus 7 to hit, and then, like, plus 14 damage or something like that. Yeah,
1: I think Titans have, like, a 25 strength. I have to look that up in my Monster manual, which I don't have
2: but, right now. I mean, that's...
1: Now, would let's, you, get, let's would talk you get
2: projectional tele, uh, telepathy, like Superman? Or, like, you, you're you not just crushed under the weight of, uh, of whatever you're lifting?
0: I don't know. Good question.
1: It's a fantasy game. Of course you wouldn't get crushed under it.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Like, so you would have... I, I can't remember what the term for the power is, but it's, it's a power Superman has that, like, when he grabs a plane by the wing to slow it down, it doesn't rip the wing off. That's yeah. because he projects a telep- uh, telepathic field or telekinetic field, something like that, over what he's holding.
1: Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't um, care. I think it's a cool ability.
2: Yeah, because <laughs> if, if you look in uh, Superman Returns, when he tries to stop the plane, like he actually All damages right. the plane. It's I'm just, sorry, Crispy, like I'm out. disconnecting you now. <laughs> you mentioned the yeah. worst Superman movie ever. Ever. Uh, no, I, I didn't mention Superman 4.
1: Okay, that's true.
2: Hey, The Quest <laughs> for
0: Peace had Christopher Reeves in it. Leave it alone.
1: Alright, okay, okay. Let's. let's uh, Nuclear Man!
2: Oh, God. <laughs> stupidest thing.
0: <laughs> but no, so the, so let's talk about the, the back to the gauntlets of uh, ogre power. Now these gauntlets were the. There's some history about them. You think they were actually made of gaunt, ogre hands, possibly, and then enchanted.
2: Well, uh, if you go by Maybe. the book, they look like typical handware for armor. They just they're just a normal pair of gauntlets.
0: Yeah, but that's boring.
1: <laughs> I would say they're made from like the skin of an ogre. Yeah,
2: I would say maybe they're like the inside because like you know the gauntlets will have like a glove type part inside maybe that's made from ogre leather <sighs> Crispy that's cool yeah. but it still has the ogre part
0: yes alright well let's just throw it out there for anybody who has any history behind it or knows any good facts on it or disputes Crispy and his 25 Titan power or his Superman theory, or Superman Returns is a good movie, but anyway.
2: I didn't say it was a good movie. I, didn't, I just said it wasn't the worst Superman movie.
0: <sighs> <laughs> ten foot poles up next. <laughs> Ooh, One of those electronic voting dealings. So for the ten foot pole we decided this week, what brand, what brand of dice do you like to buy? Well, four options here are game science crystal Woo! Crystal Cast. Sucker. Chess or Q Workshop. And I guess Crispy is gonna be going for Game Science. I am. Nick?
1: I actually like Crystal Cast. Crystal Cast I and I don't care for game science because I think it's all a gimmick.
0: I go them. for Chessex. I like all their different dice. Chessex
1: has some nice dice, too, especially when you go to the con. Oh, yeah. Get the Mug-O dice.
0: <laughs> Aren't they the ones that make the Elven die and everything like that? And the specialty dice like that?
2: I believe I believe you're right, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. And they make the uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu dice. Yeah. Nick, you should know that. Yeah, oh yeah. Mr. Call Cthulhu.
1: Yeah, those are nice dice, but a little out of my price range. Oh, okay. So. so
0: vote on there, vote often, and tell us how you vote. Vote more than once if you can. Jason. and <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's going to conclude the show for this week. What do you guys have? Anything else to say? No. Nah. No, I got nothing.
2: <laughs> oh, wait, I, I have one more thing to say. Take well, that, Vince! No! <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: the catchphrase is take that crispy. Ah,
2: it's trying to. I, I need to trademark my phrase so you can't have a variation on
0: it. Well, obviously mine came before yours came out, so.
2: Uh, oh, it's true! Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Damn,
0: so take that crispy is the catchphrase. Alright, he's got me there. I can't. <laughs> keep it original, keep it old Stupid school. glenn. And good night, Glenn. Good night, everybody. Night.
1: Roll for initiative.